Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode nine. Uh, I'm sitting down with my friend Truly this week. I've known Truly since I was a freshman in high school, which is uh, over two decades for you folks keeping count there. Uh, so this was really crazy because we were really close at some point. Uh, we were in the same group of friends, and I always felt like I could kind of tell her anything when I was younger, when I was a teenager, and and then, you know, she was a year older than me, so she graduated high school first and went to college, and so I was still at high school, and we just went in different directions, you know? So uh, reconnecting with someone that you used to be close to or, like, share a bond with uh, a long time ago can be super scary because, you know, like, did that person change or did I change or are we even going to be able to, like, connect and have basic conversation? Uh, it, it can be a little intimidating, and I'm so glad that we were able to because it was absolutely wonderful. I had to edit the crap out of this podcast because we talked for like three hours straight and obviously none of you want to listen to a three hour conversation. So uh, I, I cut out a lot of stuff obviously, but uh, I think I left in some of the most important stuff that we talk about and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I don't want to give anything away, so I will just talk to you after the episode. Uh, so without further ado, this is episode nine. This is my dear friend, Truly. No, like when we were hanging out in high school, because I know you from high school, <laughs> um, you had this, you walked this strange line of like meeting my crazy, which only a few people did, like Chad and, and like, you know, there's, I was always the kid with the video camera. And so I have so many clips of all my friends being my friends and whenever you're in part of it, it's typically, it's one of two things. And the first one is the crazy. Yep. <laughs> uh, goofy, like who cares what anyone thinks I'm acting silly and it's fantastic. True. Which was like our entire <laughs> group of friends at a period of time. Yes. And then there was the, oh wait, she's like a 35 year old adult <laughs> parent <laughs> when she's 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, and those were the two lines I knew you on and I've seen you flip wait, those Wait, those switches. are true still. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Except now you are a 30-something-year-old parent. True. Yeah, so I found the, my sweet spot. Yeah. It's right there. <laughs> um, I loved that, and, and those were the two people I knew. <laughs> and, the, and you could see those two flip because you had strong values, I think. True. Um, which, uh, judging just how I know you via social media and stuff, I know you, I think you've hold, held on to. I do. Um, and yeah. I don't know where this was going, but so I, don't know. I, I'm, I was super excited that you wanted to do this and, and yeah. I'm excited to find out what you've been doing the last 20 years and get a little more in depth with what you did before I met you. <laughs> Cause, uh, I, I know snippets about like you growing up, but there's plenty I'm sure I don't know. I'm sure this is true. <laughs> it is really, um, a wild experience to hear other people's experience of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't know why. Um, my mom will often run into random people at grocery stores and stuff and say, oh, you know, so-and-so's parent. Or I'm volunteering with so-and-so. They knew you from high school. And I, I'm like, I literally don't know anybody. Yeah. I mean, um, we did morning announcements together. Yes. That was real fun. I think a lot of people knew me. But I didn't really know a lot of people. I was more of a connector. I'm a connector person. Yeah. I think... Um, I see somebody and I see somebody else and I automatically know who to introduce to who and they're going to have a great time. And um, I 
not trying to be like, and I'm left on the side. But <laughs> I often, it's not my object. My objective is to, I or my instinct is to connect other people. So it's it's weird to hear other people talk about me. I don't know. I'm always thinking about. Well, you got to think of it from the flip who. side too. If you're connecting <laughs> all these people, then they are going to have some impression of you. True story. Yeah. Um, I that used to be like a source of anger for me, not anger, uh, resentment maybe. But like people, I mean, like oh. I fucking introduced them like we don't talk at all anymore oh <laughs> like couples will get married and stuff and I'll be like I introduced those couples and like what about me yeah <laughs> um and then I mean later I didn't even think about it at the time but yeah uh <laughs> that's funny I know um I want to jump back in time please do <laughs> to you being born were you born in Michigan I was born in Michigan okay I was born in Pontiac Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was born in Pontiac. Yeah. I just found my birth certificate recently. <laughs> yeah? Did yeah. you need it for something? I did. I was getting my passport renewed. I have to go yeah. do that. It's good times. Sitting on my dresser upstairs. Not sure yeah. if you saw that when I gave you I my immaculate <laughs> tour. I did not. Um, mom and dad married yeah. how long before they had you? Oh, boy. I have no idea. But they divorced quickly after I was born. How old were you when they were divorced? Maybe like... I don't even think past a year very much oh so right away right away get it done <laughs> just my mom just did it getting out You're of there an only child yeah. at that point yeah okay. and i still am on my dad's side yeah yeah um, i well as far as i know yeah. pretty sure <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> um because come on down no <laughs> oh, that'd be weird um so before you're even one they divorce that is true. It's so weird. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you get old family albums from people because they don't know what to do with it. They've unearthed some crap from their basement and it is harvested like photo albums from a million years ago. And there are your parents in their like marriage outfits. Wow. And there's you being held in a Sears portrait by your mother with your dad looking all like noble and stoic. When did that happen to you? Um... Well, my grandma, my grandparents moved from their house to this little house up north, and I inherited a lot of those, and I had no idea what to do with them. Was that the first time you saw your parents together married? Like, no, wedding photos? I think I had been shown them at some point before, but I'd never really had them to sit with. Okay. And that was just weird. It was weird. My dad was so handsome. <laughs> he he really was handsome. I don't know... Um, it was weird to see him young. Yeah. And um, my mom's beautiful still, so she's just a pretty it's lady. True. She, <laughs> so, um, but she was, it, it was just so crazy to see them so young, and I was just this fat little. How old was your mom when she face. had you? I think she was pretty young. I think she was 21 or so. Okay. And I remember us talking about this because I got married real young. Yeah. Um, I remember we had some conversation that she was like, oh, I couldn't drink at my wedding either. <laughs> like, <laughs> And we had that in common. Nice. But yeah, she was young. My parents were young. And I think my, I don't actually know things like how old my dad is. Did they get married because of you? I don't think so. So you think they had like actually, a marriage and then. I know. Oh. Well, my mom's telling is that she, and um, I like my mom. We're very different in a lot of ways, but um, we get along real well. But she had this, I remember her saying, oh, well, it's just what you did. You know, she was. Not really sure at the time what she wanted to do. And when she looked around at different role models, she saw, like, you got married and you had a kid. Yeah. And so... Especially that time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, she met my dad. He was handsome. He, had, he was super fun. He is really fun. Like, he's super into movies and 
film festivals and concerts and like he's really interesting to hang out with so i'm sure they had a great time um and then she's like all right we're, we're doing it we got married and they had a kid and then i guess he had you know he was young you know i think yeah. he i think he was 22 23 how much changes right yeah. like he i was a shit show at 22 <laughs> I, I think i was 35 at 22 but <laughs> i believe that <laughs> like he, he he changed a lot he fell in love with the person who is still my stepmom today um she was quite young she's a goth teenager early goth and um my mom's just pieced out of that but uh it in my mom's telling, which I think she has also always been a, like a 35-year-old trapped in a 21-year-old's body. And she was like, he went through a radical personality change. But I think, I mean, I'll cut him some slack. I think he was just 23 or whatever. Yeah. He was just young. Yeah, it's been my experience that we can't always just take our parents' word for their reaction to our other parent. True. <laughs> that makes sense? Um, yeah. So your mom remarries how long after that? Um, well, me and my mom, I, I feel like we were, we were super close cause it's just the two of us for yeah. a while. Um, and she was like getting herself like dusted off cause she had been, my dad had, um, a family restaurant. Well, it was my grandpa's and, um, in some weird family dynamic, uh, my grandpa had always sort of led my dad to believe i think that oh you'll work hard and i'll give you the restaurant one day son yeah. and um from your tone i'm guessing it didn't pan out well that didn't happen but <laughs> <laughs> that never happened which whatever i don't know um i mean that was his livelihood so yeah. you know you need a job also and all that so um, my mom had helped out with the family business and they, they lived above the restaurant and my mom oh. was the head waitress and managed the front of house. And where was the restaurant at? Um, in Ornville, it was Harvey's restaurant. There was okay. also a Harvey's country kettle on Dixie. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it is funny because anytime as a teenager, I would go and like apply to restaurants on Dixie to work, like yeah. hosting. And they'd be like, oh, are you a render? Like it was like a <laughs> restaurant name. I was like, well, kind of, I don't really spend a lot of time with them, but <laughs> You know Harvey's? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, my mom needed to get, like, job training. She yeah. didn't have any job training. So she went, um, she was going to drafting school because that was her father's business. And um, it was drafting in the automotive industry, drawing cars. And yeah. at that time, it was these huge sketchboards and a million colored pencils. And I, she quickly got a job after just starting the training program. And she was like, I remember going to work with her a few times. And it was like... She was the only woman in the room, yeah. and it was, I noticed from early, I was little, I was like four, <laughs> and I noticed when she walked in, heads turn, 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 <laughs> and I was like, get your eyes off my mother. <laughs> Don't look at her that way. She's mine. Very protective, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. She's my precious. So, um... I don't know. She just held her head high and pretended like it wasn't happening. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she had to be aware. It was weird. Yeah. I think it was weird. I still think she seems like a very aware and confident person. From yeah. what I remember of her. She is. She's wonderful. <laughs> but um, I love going to work with her because she has so many colored pencils. Yeah. I used to did draw you feel on the like table. The, she almost worked in like an art studio. <laughs> oh, I had no idea what she did. Yeah. I just knew like my mom goes to work has all the colored pencils. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to do colored pencils for a job. Yeah. Drafting's super different now. <laughs> Super boring. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever. It's computers. Yeah. 
super boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, you and guys are together. I never answered your question. Well, it's, yeah. It was like the two of us yeah. for a long time. And then we lived with, uh, we lived alone in, a, in some apartments. And then um, weird stuff would happen. Like there was a peeping Tom once. Ooh. And my, like crawling around the apartment complex. And then there was a memo sent out. My mom got freaked out. And she was like, you have to sleep with me now. And then she would sleep with like a hammer under her pillow. And then we'd have conversations about like, what if someone breaks in and like make emergency plans. And it was a thrill. I <laughs> loved it. Because I didn't see my mom a whole lot. I was... Yeah. Brought to a grandparents in the day while she did her school and then worked a night shift and like so I really just got cuddles at nighttime. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So that like, was like your favorite time of the day. Favorite time when we were hunkered down waiting to not get killed by <laughs> breaking in <laughs> or beating Tom. So we had um, we had like nice times together and even she worked super early in the morning like she work I don't know it felt like it was dark I was little but it was just the time before to like car seats and stuff yeah. so i was like sitting in the front seat yeah. and we called it the baby car because it's really little just a belt buckle yeah none of, none of this shoulder business no i was just loose <laughs> yeah. in the front seat and uh, we'd hold hands always in the car which i think is super sweet yeah. my child would never let me hold their hand in a car they'd be like no just get off me <laughs> but we had such a it was nice such an intimate relationship because it was like you and two versus the world kind of it really we felt she made me feel like we were in it together yeah. and it was nice did you um, see your dad much during that time i did i see i saw him on like every other weekend okay um like typical custody arrangement yeah okay. and he was fun he was going through stuff um <laughs> i had he lived in pontiac and my cousin lived down the block on a just z shape around the corner yeah. and um so we hung out a ton her dad was also going through stuff so um we we like kept she kept me safe that's good in a lot of ways yeah, yeah. she was two years older and um she she did she kept me safe for Kinda a like lot of big sister sketchy yeah situations <laughs> so but my mom ended up get re getting remarried i met my stepdad tony when i was this is the longest answer to your question <laughs> i prefer I, long answers i met my stepdad tony when i was um five okay and um my mom married him the summer before i went into first grade is that true it is because <laughs> my brother was born in december that was a lot of change like i was starting first grade yeah i we lived with my grandparents after those sketchy apartments we yeah. lived with my grandma and grandpa and my great-grandmother so it was this wonderful multi-generational household you had a charlie and the chocolate factory house oh my god <laughs> it was awesome yeah and like my grandma just was like super laissez-faire i was just allowed to explore this big house and this huge yard solo and like make yeah. imagination scenarios all day long and um my great-grandma was there, and she was so old. Well, I don't know how old she was. She seemed super old. She and, was like 55. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they were, my grandparents are immigrants from England. Okay. And so my great-grandmother still made things like tripe. So your mom is first generation from England? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. That's it's super true cool. story, yeah. So, um, yeah, my grandparents immigrated over to Canada first. And yeah. So my mom was born in the U.S., though. Nice. Um, but my great-grandmother made tripe, which is like a cow's stomach with a bunch of organs shoved in there. And then you boil like the thing. Haggis kind of. I mean, it's the whole thing. <laughs> so it was like real deal. And she'd show me all these weird little things. And she had teas with little ceramic animals. And she'd give me all the animals. Yeah. Um, my grandma collected those. I love them. I still have some, like, when she passed, obviously, like, they made 
they meant a lot more to me. And that little wood box over there. I was like, look oh, around the room. I was like, I know I have them down here. Um, I love those. Yeah, I still kept mine too. Tea animals. Yeah. See, I always thought it was like an English person thing. Oh, you were so wrong. <laughs> it's Lipton Which is surprising. <laughs> it's surprising because, yeah, they're, they're little Lipton tea animals they did in like the 80s. I assume it was oh, the nice. 80s. Um, and it's funny to me that like, your grandparents were like proper English and drank Lipton. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, they immigrated, so there was a tangential <laughs> yeah. relationship with that. Mm. Um, who remarried first, your dad or your mom? My dad. Okay. And I I wasn't kept in the loop about that. I was told okay. my, I was honestly, had no idea they were married. I didn't know really yeah. who this lady was. Um, I liked her, but I thought she was my babysitter for a long time. <laughs> she was a teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't know i had no idea it wasn't the kind of person you'd think mom it was like a goth teenager yeah it was so. more babysitter vibe and she was awesome we read the she would read to me color with me yeah. and i think she may have had a moment and i don't know you never know the inner workings of all that i mean yeah. i might have a moment if i was in a relationship like that and then suddenly i'm like 20 and i'm like Oh God, I'm a mom, or I don't know. Yeah. But I think she had some moment where she realized, like, this is a whole thing, isn't it? Or maybe it was a riff with my dad. Yeah. Anyway, we she was kind of chilly to me for quite a while. But at the beginning, she was real cool, like yeah. a cool babysitter. And then I and then I was told that they were married, like had already been married. Yeah. So I don't, I have no idea what happened yeah. there. Same, same thing happened to me. My dad got, Did it? yeah, he got remarried, uh, and one year I went down there. And they had wedding photos, and they were married, and we were like, what? Oh! <laughs> um, and, like, this is your stepmom. Did your mom know? Uh, she, I think we told her. Oh, God, yeah, I think same. Yeah. I think my mom was kind of like, so, what's going on there? I'm like, oh, I think she's my babysitter. And I think my mom was the one who encouraged me to ask questions. That's funny. I, and then I came back and reported back, like, yeah. they got married. Yeah. And I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah. Children of memory. divorce were like were the were message exchanges between parents. I know. Um, She's real sweet to me now. Yeah. She's a, and really a lovely, a lovely lady. So they, yeah, really I mean, you nice. mentioned it already, but they stayed together. And yeah. Still are together today. Yes. Yeah. I people. I don't know. People are have gone through. They've gone through a lot together. Yeah. Their life has been um, has changed a lot, and I guess they must just really enjoy each other's company and. For that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and she's, I, I mean, God, you know people when they're, it's so weird to look back and be like, wow, you, you've changed. Like, I've known you for a big chunk of your life. <laughs> yeah. And and just, to, I've I mean. I've known you since you were a teenager, which you can't typically say to any parental figure. <laughs> I know. She's super nice. Super nice. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't feel like she's a parent figure, but. Yeah. I mean, same with my dad. Super nice. As you got older, did you get along with her more like as a friend? Because the, I mean, not necessarily closeness in age, but I would say like someone less than two decades, right, between you. Right, uh, I would say someone that I enjoy seeing when I see her. Same yeah. for my dad. Yeah. I enjoy seeing him when I see him. I have no expectations of him. Yeah. I'm not. It's it's like less relationshipy and more um, company keeping. And um, <sighs> I want to jump back to your mom. Yeah. So she remarries Tony. She does. Uh, and then she gets pregnant. Well, she was already pregnant, oh. I'm pretty sure, because I got that talk as a teenager. Ah. Always use two forms of birth control, children. What happened to you? But not two condoms. That is a bad <laughs> idea. 
not how that works. Two worms. Um, <laughs> That's how your brother was born. Diaphragm condom, dental <laughs> dam. That's everything. <laughs> as many pills you could fit in a cabinet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Take them all. Take everything. <laughs> what is that like as a... Because you're six, seven years old, right? When your brother's born. Yeah. What is that? Are you excited to be a big sister? Or is there like a... Is there any level that you remember of resentment of like, oh, it's just me and mom, and now there's like this other guy, and now there's going to be another kid? Like, what the fuck? Um, no, I, I think the hardest thing was we'd lived with my grandparents, yeah, and then my great grandmother passed away, and then my mom got remarried, like got remarried, so we moved out of my grandparents' house and into this home. Which we'd always lived in apartments, or we lived in the garage above my grandparents' apartment, yeah. or above my no, above their, flip it, uh, yeah. <laughs> an apartment, an above, apartment their above their garage. garage yeah. They made us sleep in the we garage. Lived in the garage, which oddly <laughs> enough was above their house. They had a ramp. Look, <laughs> it was really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Uh, yeah. So a lot of changes. So my grandma i was home with most of the day and then my grandpa would come home from work and play with me and love on me and talk to me like i was an adult he was i my grandpa passed away a couple years ago he was the most wonderful person and we um we hung out like every afternoon like little buddies and um i think the hardest thing was like moving into this house with this guy who did win me over with a five old doll from american tale Nice. So I was like, I don't know. This I was mostly like, who is this guy hogging up my mom's time? Yeah. Because I hardly get to see her. So who are you? What do you mean dates? Get out of here. <laughs> and then I was like, he got me a five old doll. And I was like, and he wrestled and tickled, which I was into. So I was like, okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm into you. I don't know. Slowly warming up to him. <laughs> so we're there. And then my grandparents moved to Colorado. And I was oh, like, what? So that had to be tragic and i cut my hair real short i looked like a boy and i had to start first grade and i was like you're a boy and i was like shut up so that was, that was a bad year <laughs> but my brother was born my grandparents came back to help out with the baby for a little bit okay. and i was super pumped that my grandparents were back this is julian it's anthony, no, anthony. my male brother <sighs> see i don't remember everything i know you don't <laughs> but i'm impressed um and then when my brother's born, they must. My mom must have gone to the hospital overnight, and my grandpa was like, "Well," and we woke up. He goes, "Well, you have a new baby brother," and I burst into tears. I was like, "I thought it was gonna be a sister." <laughs> and like the only time my grandpa has ever been like mad at me, he was like, "You just be grateful your mother's alive." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, mm. damn. Okay." <laughs> Aside from that moment, I was actually so into being a big sister. Yeah. I loved my little brothers so much from the start. They were weird and fun. And, like, my Anthony used to let me put a million barrettes in his hair. And he called them beautifuls. And, like, and so you were, they were great. You were already eight? Am I doing math there? No. I was in first six, grade when Anthony was born. Three, and I was in third grade when Julian was born. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you feel like, do you think, because we were talking about how you're, you're kind of a grown up before you were grown up. Yeah. Did some of that come from, did you feel like you were like a third parent to your brothers? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, my mom did. I see some parents doing that in my adult life and yeah. it was not like <laughs> I've seen since. Yeah. Um, but I think I was a very willing participant. I liked hanging out with them. Yeah. 
Um, I was happy to help with them. I like, it was when I, when I decided to become a parent, I fully knew what I was getting into. I was like, no, you get the joy of knowing someone when they're popping fresh all the way through (laughs) all the ugly shit, all the good stuff, you know, like you really know this person. And, um, and you get each other in a different way. Like my brothers and I, I wouldn't say as adults are super close, but we laugh at the same things and that is great. That's a good experience. That's the same upbringing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many kids does your mom have with Tony? Two. Okay. Anthony and Julian. Okay. Yes. And then they're together through high school for you, right? They were, I got, I, I got the the best package deal that there was. Um, I got them through high school. And then when I was graduating college, my mom was like, Oh, Tony and I are going to be getting a divorce. And kind of saw it coming he started a new business and she was wanting to work more and the worst anthony was still in high school and they had um i think that was pretty tough on them because they struggled through high school and struck just struggled and there was a lot of unhealthy shit going on in the house and i only know about it from hearsay so it's not my story to tell but um when I met you, I don't think I've known you when you weren't with who is now your current husband. True story. Current. So, He's my current husband. Current husband. Every day I wake the up next. and decide, <laughs> <laughs> I will marry you again today. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, now I'm going to stick with that term. Uh, current husband. You never know who the next one's going to be. Uh, uh, a husband in previous life. Yep. When did you meet Sean? You know what? I met him at drama club. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> um, I met him in 1998. Is that true? No, freshman I actually year? met him earlier. I met him earlier. Um, freshman year, I met him, um, which is, I don't know what, two years before then. Freshman year would have been, yeah. Well, your freshman year would have been 97, That's 96, true. 97. Thanks for the math. Yeah. Um, You're a year older than me. <laughs> that is true. So uh, I, I wanted to join drama club. Because I imagined a future for myself where I was kind of like Carmen Sandiego slash a famous movie director slash screenwriter, and um, but also Jim Henson. So all of them, all of uh-huh. those things, that yeah. was my future career. And I didn't know how to explain it to anyone because everyone worked automotive in my family. And they were yeah. like, what? And I'm like, I just, I'm going to be big star. You know the Muppets, <laughs> right? I don't know. Well, I make puppets for a job. I don't know. So I thought that drama club might be some approximation of skill building. Yeah. Um, not untrue. What I a, give a what great a job interview. Perspective at like thirteen years old. Yeah, I was ready, ready uh, for the let's world. See. These are my career goals. <laughs> uh, I can check a few boxes with this. That's right. I also wanted to be Casey Kasem. <laughs> you know, yeah, all yeah. all the things and the people that animated the California Raisins. <laughs> Those were good. So you wanted to be a claymation muppeteer that was also hosting a lot of things, but mysteriously all over the world at once. Yes. Okay. And everyone couldn't find me. That's perfect. So anyway. I mean, you could really dive into that one pretty therapeutically. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I didn't know anybody at drama club. Yeah. I didn't really know anybody. I had a friend group in middle school. And then I think um, the I don't like mean, I don't like mean people. Yeah. And I'm not saying the people I was friends with in middle school were mean people. Everybody in middle school is mean people. They're actually lovely. 
lovely, kind people. Really, genuinely true. I really, honestly, yeah. remember I was a Girl Scout for a weirdly long time. They were actually really nice people. But I think the transition between eighth grade and ninth grade, especially for people identifying as female at that time, and I don't know if it's different now, but at that time, all this shit got piled on, and I think they became so self-conscious of their image, how they looked, how they presented, do I... Uh, can I inhabit this space yeah. as female in a way that is acceptable to others and I can live with? They were kind of grappling with that. And in that vulnerable process, it made them real bitchy to others. Yeah. <laughs> Not to me. They were real nice to me. But I um, sort of was on my own for a while because I distanced myself from that group because I didn't want to be s- like seen with the group of people that were actively l- lashing out to other at others yeah. yeah yeah and i didn't like it so i didn't really have any friends so i just walked into this situation alone and i saw the back of this guy's head that was also <laughs> sitting alone and i i know this sounds really dumb but i was like i'm gonna go I, like i go with that person and yeah. i just walked over and i said hi i'm truly can i sit here and then he's like uh what and he's like okay Sean doesn't talk much. Yeah. So all of this is probably Which conveyed is, in like a facial expression. Yeah. <laughs> so like I sat down, I just started talking to him. Later he tells me he thought that I was a cheerleader, which is hysterical to me. <laughs> well, not a cheerleader. Every girl to a drama kid is like, <laughs> you must be a cheerleader. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, he's like, hey, that was either prank, like pulling a prank on him yeah. that someone had yeah. bribed me to be nice to him. Yeah, on the note of insecurities. <laughs> Because he was alone. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I was alone. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know why. I just wanted to sit by him. He was awesome. He just answered my questions and just sat there really nice and like not presumptuous and hardly talked. Yeah. Let me go on and on. You know, I'm into that. Did he ever, did he ever <laughs> become the talker? I've always known Sean to be, which was always a funny thing. Cause you, uh, if you are close with someone or you have like a, a relationship with someone, you're, uh, I don't want to say loud in a bad way, but but you're loud. You're you're uh, uh, eccentric, um, but like I said earlier, you can also create those like personal conversations. Sean is super quiet and shy, and uh, so it was it was always so funny. Um, from like when I knew Sean, you guys were so opposite in that way, which I mean goes the telltale of opposites attract. Um, yeah. So did the. I mean, obviously. Does he, he talk? He opens. To, he opened up to you. <laughs> I don't. I haven't. I haven't talked to Sean in, in years. Um, shy people, and I. I Sean is so funny because he doesn't think he's short nor shy, and both of these things I would say are true. But, um, <laughs> I, in my experience of him, is as a teenager, he was shy. Yeah. Uh, I'd say as an adult, he's very reserved, and some of the best people are quiet people, yeah. and I. I've had a lot of friends who are quieter and when you give them an opportunity to talk, they are like the funniest people and all of that silent observation. Uh, so interesting to talk to and noticing things I w- missed cause I was too busy running my mouth. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, Sean and I's relationship is was out of the gate. Like I felt like I had an intellectual equal. Yeah. You know, once we once he realized I was just a random person that sat down. He was also a thirty five. <laughs> yeah, he was. And yeah. you know, I, I don't know if you remember this from high school. I don't remember a lot of people having divorced parents. I don't remember a lot of people having um, come from a background that wasn't like, I don't want to say paved in gold, but um, there seemed to be like a lot of affluent families that were like upper middle class. Yeah, I mean, I think Clarkston itself caters to, uh, if nothing else, that image. Right. Um, Whether you have it or not. Yeah. And, but as, I mean, as a kid, of, as a child of divorce myself, I like tallied that up when I, like, I knew if I knew you and we hung out at all, I knew if your parents were together. Totally. Um, so I, I mean, I do remember a lot of divorce just cause, uh, also I went the different route of like, I'm going to find my people by being like, I'm going to be an outcast with a group of outcasts. I like went the punk rock route first of, and foremost before I yeah like just was like I'm gonna hang out with everybody yeah um, and that was I mean people go that direction a lot of times because home life sucks yeah and a lot of that typically is divorce totally um, the few people that I know whose parents were together like it's just because they had punk rock parents <laughs> that's like who they were as, yeah. as teenagers um, so that's I I cute. know where you're coming from there but. And it's, it's hard for me. I always feel like I need to defend Clarkston, which is, is funny because oh, like my yeah. wife is from Ortonville, so she automatically like has a high school hate for Clarkston. <laughs> I do think that image is associated, is associated, associated with, with this area, um, but I don't, I don't think it's as true to form as, as people put out there. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Income-wise, for the most part, probably. Because, yeah. like, there, you know, like, every neighborhood in Clarkston that's, like, middle or lower middle. That's <laughs> right. Because everything else isn't. It's either a middle, upper middle, or, or upper There was class. a ton of classism going on. Yeah. Ton of yeah. ton of classism. You knew who lived in trailers. Yeah. You knew who lived in apartments. Yeah. And you were slammed on for that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And, and it, that's, I mean, that's... It was crazy. I gotta blame parents at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no kid is just, like, grows up and goes, well... <laughs> screw those people <laughs> That's i not know a thing. should not be a thing yeah but sean had um been raised by his mom solo for longer than than i had his mom got remarried a little bit later than mine yeah. um and i don't know i think we both had developed that really um fine appreciation for just conversation with one other person yeah and so we just had these great and i don't know why i attribute it to that but like well, he does know how to listen well to an emotionally volatile woman. <laughs> so it's like great for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and he would he does let me run my mouth as long as I need to run my mouth to get to some circuitous point that I eventually will get to. Yeah. Um but he always comes in like with these really great insights that like you think that maybe he's tuned out and is just quietly sitting there. <laughs> But the insights are actually like, damn, all right. I forgot I was talking to someone. No, No, I'm kidding. He's an amazing listener. He's great. And yeah, yeah, he's still pretty quiet. I probably am the more talkative of the two. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When did you guys like officially start dating? Do you have a date that you both know in high school? Yes, we do. But I can't say it because 
then everyone will know my passwords. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truest, funniest thing I've ever heard. What year of high school? (laughs) 1998. Okay, so, like, was that sophomore year for you? Yes, it was. You guys started dating? Yeah, we, um, it was so dumb. (laughs) I wrote a one-act... And it was a stage combat one act. Yes. Do you remember this thing? I think I do. Because I was, uh, me and Chad did a scream thing. Yes, you did. During that scene. Okay. Yes. This, like, it was a stage combat thing, but I staged it as, like, some weird 1950s Avon Calling massacre. And um, I cast him as my husband. Like, he auditioned. Full on disclosure. He auditioned, and I picked the best person, and he was my husband in this sketch, and um, kept it real professional, and I didn't ask him out until after the performance. <laughs> and I was as like, a director does. As a director does, <laughs> and then after you know it ended, I just walked up to him and I was like, I remember it so vividly because I had rehearsed it in the mirror, like I was ready. And I just walked up to him and I said, Now that we're done with this. One act, I just wanted to let you know that I really like you. And if you feel the same way, I'm not busy Saturday. (laughs) And you just sort of like stunned. was like, what? (laughs) And we went out. We went to see Jackie Brown. It was fun. I love it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Are you guys together the entire time until you're married? Yes. We have never broken up. We've never had too much drama. I mean, we've had fights god i met this one couple and i really like this lady but she was like oh we never i never had a fight with my husband except for once over a stapler and i really like thinking about what that fight was <laughs> like, really <laughs> oh damn no honey it's a fucking swing line <laughs> i stay they, the house is burnt down a dog got murdered like i, I don't know what happened oh, that stapler <laughs> what happened we both can't work in offices <laughs> It was very weird. Um, so it's not to say we hadn't gotten to some, like, knockdown drag out fights. That yeah. sounds way more violent than I meant it. But, <laughs> like... He, he beat me. <laughs> <not>, untrue. untrue. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, we've been together. Or there have been times as a... We've been together so long. I'd be like, I don't know if this is right for me anymore. And he would just be like, it is. <laughs> It is for me. Just so you know, it is. He's <laughs> like, it is for me. And I would be like, I'm going to be dramatic and write in my journal. Excuse me. <laughs> and then I would do that and then come back and be like, I love you. Never leave me. <laughs> get, it, get it all out on paper. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's healthy after yeah, you've been together about a billion years. Well, they're not there anymore. Oh, I, have, I have all my old high school. Aww. Um, when did you guys get married? Um, we got married in 2002. So you were, were you 19? I was 19 years old. Oh my goodness. I know. So you guys were just like, well, it's already been four years. Why not? No. um, (laughs) This is a sad story of classism, I think. Okay. Honestly. It's also, I mean, it's a beautiful story of a wedding and classism. (laughs) It's like, um, okay. So college was stressful for me. I had... I don't know. I was, I was a first-generation college student, yeah. so no one in my family had gone, and my immediate family had gone. And um, I would love to talk about your college years. Yeah. I, I didn't even know if I wanted to go because I didn't have any working examples of, like, why or um, what I would do or how that would fit into being Carmen Sandiego slash Jim Henson. <laughs> I, no. I didn't know other 
I, yeah, it was just a whole thing. I had no idea. And um, my stepdad convinced me to go. I was going to go to Spex Howard and, yeah. like, do broadcasting because I thought that was kind of fun. <clears throat> and um, my stepdad convinced me to go. And he's like, you're really smart. He's like, no one tells you this, but you're really smart. And that's true. Yeah. No one ever did. People would tell me but that I was were. creative. <laughs> I actually rocked it out at school, but yeah. everyone says, like, she marched to the beat of her own drummer. Is that the phrase? Is it a drummer or a drum? Is there a, a drum. drummer in the corner? <laughs> that's, no, that's my Paul. drummer. <laughs> Don't pay attention to him. He just keeps me going. <laughs> well, he was like, you're really smart. You yeah. got to go. And that was like the first time anyone had said that to me. And so I think that's why I went. Um, but it was just confusing. And I was never sure, like if this was adulthood and I don't think my parents had the working understanding on how that would work either. Yeah. And so I, money was always very on my mind yeah. and I was always very concerned and it was so freaking expensive and it, I can't, how it's ballooned. Yeah. I don't know how students are doing it as crazy. Um, so I was always very worried. Sean, I think knew this on some level, not to say we got married for money, but I would say he knew that I was, like, kind of against marriage, and I was like, I'm not getting married till gay people can get married. I'm not getting married till there's justice in the world. And Sean's like, well, here, I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> so. You've seen these tax forms, though? <laughs> that's it. That's totally it. Yeah. He was, like, um, he was graduating college, and we had planned to move to New York. And um, he was like, look. He knew he was not going to, like, romance me into this. He was like, look, <laughs> we've been together for a long time. And, like, you know, we, we're not going anywhere without each other. Yeah. So let's get the tax break. Let's get each other's benefits. Let's, like, sure. let's help each other build the life. And I was like, okay, all right, I can do that. But you have to take care of all the wedding prep. I hate being engaged. I don't like the word fiancé. I'm not registering for anything because I don't believe in capitalism. Um, so you had to do all that. I have finals because I was a sophomore in college. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he did. He Sean totally is did. older than you, right? He is. He is two years older than me. Okay. Yeah. Almost two and a half. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. old now. He turns 40 in a few weeks. Oh, you're going to make fun of him so hard. <laughs> it's true. But, yeah, we got married. We got married, and he really, like, then we moved to Chicago because 9-11 happened, and I had just applied to Tisch School of the Arts on uh, September 9th, and then September 11th happened. Yeah. And um, Tisch, like, was on hold for admissions for, like, a year. Wow. And I was like, look, I'm moving. I can't continue at Eastern because I don't want my... I don't want to waste money on credits and I won't transfer. I don't want to sound like a moron, but Tish is in New York. I'm Tish assuming. School of the Arts is part of NYU. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's part of N uh, NYU. And it. I wish, in some ways, I wish I would have gone, but we ended up moving to New York and living there later. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad it, it wasn't what happened yeah. for me. So anyway, I ended up at Columbia. We, we just, I, just I just changed and transferred to Columbia instead. And um, we moved to Chicago. Yeah. How long were you in Chicago? like a while like we were there from like 2002 to like 2006 and then we moved to scotland and then what? we did <laughs> we moved to scotland sean got his master's i worked how at this we, like well, design festival how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> we just did 
You're like, my grandparents grew up over there somewhere. I'm like, we could just move over there. No. Um, well, what? How does the decision come about to move to Scotland? Sean was like... I had no idea. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> lived in Scotland. We lived in Glasgow, which is... There's only six cities in Scotland. Glasgow is one of them. It's like... It's skinny in the middle, Scotland is. Yeah. And it's across from Edinburgh at the skinny part. Okay. Um, so we lived there. It's cute city. It was fun. What did he go to school for? Creative writing. Okay. He was and interested in, in the historical Macbeth. Okay. And he wanted... He has a graphic novel about it now called The Red King. Okay. Um, and... Of course, he's a Scottish king. And uh, he was around in 1100 AD, and Sean wanted to do his master's work in the environment oh. to have access to some of the archival and research stuff. So, wow. Yeah. So how long were you in Scotland? We were there for 14 months. Um, I had a great job out of college at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago, and I loved my boss. She was like, still like role modeling for me today. Um, and I had just gotten a promotion, but I... Like, he was like, hey, I got into University of Glasgow, so should we move to Scotland? And I was like, yeah. Of course we should. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, we have literally nothing to lose because we were so poor. Oh, this is like back to the classism. Yeah. Sean fully paid my room and board because he graduated and he had a shitty job at the Art Institute of Chicago in yeah. publications. It was making like hardly like 23000 a year or something. It was like really shitty money and i was working at starbucks like around the clock plus going to school plus doing all these random internships it was crazy we were so fucking poor we we ate so many lentils i hate lentils now <laughs> fucking hate lentils we had i'm not even kidding you i remember having like do i've always been like a bizarre budgeter i make a big spreadsheet yeah. every paycheck we would have like 25 dollars a week to eat for two people and we would do it. Yeah. We would eat. We were so skinny, though. That's the good days, right? Yeah, people Man. are like, you look good. We're like, we're starving to death. <laughs> Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I mentioned when you got here, uh, LA corn dogs from 7-Eleven, that was literally two for a dollar corn dogs. I was like, oh, that's one for lunch and one for dinner. Oh my that's God. like all the money I had. Somehow I was able to afford cigarettes, but that's called addiction. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. Insane. Yeah. We were broke, but... Still, even though we were broke, he made sure, and it was his paycheck that rent was paid from. Yeah. We always had a place to live. We have never missed a rent payment. He made sure we had health insurance. Like, he, like, I mean, that sounds... Before the ICA. <laughs> That's <impressive>. Totally. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it was like, um, I mean, it's funny to think about because we don't have this sort of relationship where it's like... He's a he's a good provider. Yeah. <laughs> but but he's a good provider. He's a good fucking provider. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't contemplate my college experience without that relief that I felt yeah. to be cared for, and so I could fucking learn. And it wasn't even I imagine like anything for him. It was because it was taking care of you. And I didn't he really think about and... it. I don't think. Yeah. He, like, harbored ill will, <laughs> stuffed it in a sack. <laughs> and it was like, move to Scotland. Look what I've done for that. you. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, he loved you and loves you unconditionally, I think. And that's. Totally. And, God damn, he married some big student debt. <laughs> he married, like, someone who was like, I, I'm committed to finishing a degree because I like to finish what I start. And, yeah. like. I don't know. This is a lot. I don't know if I was 
in that same position, I would be so generous, but. Hopefully you'll never have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Um, So you go to, you go to Scotland and then you go to New York after that. Yes. In Scotland. So I gave up this promotion. Yeah. We moved and I was like, maybe I'm a 10 bar or something. I worked in a sandwich shop for a day and then I quit because they had all these little prawns and mayonnaise and it was just so sick. <laughs> Smelled bad. <laughs> and so I was like, bye. Bye. Um, I thought of you quitting as the mayor and I left. I was like, I don't have to do this anymore. Every time you quit a job, you thought of Justin. <laughs> I said, no. I just left. And, no, oh, I went on lunch break and I never came back. And then... I've done that. Yeah. So many times. I was like, I can't though. It's it was my favorite. So- smelled bad i loved quitting jobs um sorry it feels ahead. free oh because it's just like i don't yeah. give a fuck no <laughs> bye <laughs> i know um all right yeah so and i walked to a museum and i always think of museum like church i'm not religious but i feel yeah. that way in a museum yeah. i feel like you're around people i feel like we got concerts you know you're looking at somebody that's like doing something at the height of human achievement you're just like yeah. oh my god people are capable of this creative expression crazy yeah so i was at this museum and i was like this is amazing i it was a it was called the lighthouse and then i was like stopped by the front desk and i'm like your museum is amazing i was having a shitty day and i came here and i loved it do you have any jobs open and I didn't know I was talking to the head of HR who was just filling it at the front desk. And he's like, oh, no, but, you know, something might be opening up in a few weeks. Let me take down your name and number. Um, I gave him that. And then I got a call. And so I ended up marketing this big um, design festival there, which was cool. awesome. Yeah. So Sean got to do something. I got to do something. We each had our own friend groups. And then it was it started off kind of hard because I had never been unemployed before. Yeah. And I was unemployed for like two months. And I had been working since, like, 14. So it was just, like, a weird, like, yeah. oh, my God, like, I don't have money. Did you get any sort of sense of freedom that you never had before? No. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was I, just stressful. It was just stressful. Because yeah. I was like, I don't have any money. So you lost the promotion in Chicago, so you moved to Scotland. But then you ended up working in a museum anyway. I did. Which is probably a completely different experience because you're in scotland working at so uh, it sounds yeah. like a smaller play museum right it was it was for the uk it's actually a pretty big institution okay. and it was a um, nationwide festival but it was the inaugural festival so we got oh, nice. a had no benchmarks to live yeah. up to which is always real fun yeah. and um i think yeah it was an open office plan yeah the work culture is just it's different everywhere you go but yeah. it was different in scotland there's like a lot of drinking in Scotland, and I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. I already told Erica, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to drink again, but I'll tell you when we go to Europe, whenever that happens, <laughs> uh, yeah, I will be drinking. <laughs> yeah. I found out like, um, and also the best thing I learned there, and I don't know if this was just the truth of my boss, who I loved, yeah. and was just, she was from Northern England, and um, a real working class Uh, community and she just like didn't have any separation between like work self friend self whatever she was just her all the time so she'd be on the phone with someone well now i'm going to say something that sounds totally counter maybe she just didn't have that in the office like professionally with others she did but she would be on the phone she'd be like um okay cheers thanks bye and then she'd hang up and she'd say the fucking idiot like go on (laughs) ranting and it was the first time i saw like 
oh my god you can have feelings at work yeah <laughs> oh like you can feel your feelings at work and it was never like I didn't really know what to think of it. I hadn't seen that before, but I loved her. I was like, you're amazing. <laughs> and um, she's, she is amazing. She's still, I still really admire her. But yeah, it's cool. It was a cool place to work. So you go back to New York, or you go to New York. We went to New, back York. to New York. Um, yeah. Do you get a job in a museum there? <laughs> what um, do you do when you go there? Okay, so we were like. Now you're going to the most expensive place in the country. Yeah, it was rough. Sean and I were like, not done we weren't sure what was happening next because yeah. at this point I had my 21st, 25th birthday. <laughs> so I, I was thinking like, what am I doing? I don't know. Is that a quarter life crisis? Mm -hmm. Sean was like, let's stay in Scotland. And I was like, I don't really want to stay in Scotland. I loved my friends there. I liked my job there. Yeah. I actually got an extended visa to continue on with a different sub festival thing. And I probably could have kept on and had a career there, but I it was like real dark and rainy and <laughs> kind of miss my mom and I want to come home. Yeah. And so I... Why choose New York? I don't know. Like all of this <laughs> is like a 25-year-old making weird decisions. Podcasting was baby yeah. at the time. And very, very baby. <laughs> very baby. And like there was a podcast and it was a travel podcast that I got a job opportunity in new york so funny yeah so i was like maybe like i could go back to broadcasting because i kind of had a degree in writing and producing and then i was like didn't i used it for like cultural and like cultural nonprofit arts marketing it's yeah. kind of what i do and so i'd used it for that because i didn't want to be involved with capitalism and broadcasting has like complicated relationship with that yeah. but then the more you get involved with nonprofits. That has a deep relationship with capitalism. Got to get that money from somewhere. Your funding sources <laughs> are often from like the military industrial complex yeah. that I find. The Koch brothers. Yeah. It's yeah. like, really? Like, oh. so there's no good path. You're just American and this is what you do. And Bridge Energy is a supporter. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. Working, I'm like, I'll just go back. I'm going to try this. Well, I had this, we moved to, to New York because our lease was up and it was it was time time to go my <laughs> visa expired and so we tried it out and um i was on that job for a week <laughs> but it turned out that it was a lady's apartment her elderly mother lived there and her toddler daughter and her um husband or partner and that is it was a worse like, podcast setup than this <laughs> it was a, it was a one bedroom it was tiny is in manhattan is in midtown and i found out that like parts of the job were like picking up grandma's prescription medicine i a part of the job training included like not putting wet washcloths in the hamper but like folding them neatly on the side so they didn't mildew the clothes before you could get to the laundry sure. mat and i was like oh i'm used to a more professional environment than this <laughs> so i left and i tempt and then I ended up working at a creative writing school for a little bit. I hated it. And I just didn't like New York. So I um, called my old boss at the MCA and I was like, I think I'm going to come back to Chicago. I hadn't talked to Sean yet. I think he doesn't like that I do that sometimes. But I was just like... <laughs> I think I'm going to move to a different state. I'll talk to him about it later. <laughs> pretty much. He knew I was unhappy. And I don't think I really appreciated depression um, in, its, in its sort of debilitatingness. Yeah. And I did experience it there in new york and i think it was 
somewhat exhaustion, malnourishment. We were still fucking poor as anything. Yeah. And working two jobs, working like all the time, and then just hungry a lot. <laughs> and so, I don't know, it was just it's hard to get out of bed. It was hard yeah. to like walk. Which I'm usually fine to walk. You were just like, I know I have to keep living, but I am super depressed right now. I don't even think I knew I was depressed. I was just like, what is this? And then Sean's like, I might be depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I called my boss and I was like, my old boss in Chicago. And I was like, I'm thinking it's time to move back. What's open? And she's like, I have two positions. I'm going to email you. And she did. And I was like, Sean, I'm moving back. Got a better job offer. I'll get us set up. And then you wrap things up here and then come meet me. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> so we didn't spend that summer together. I slept on Lindsay Green's couch. Oh, I love Lindsay. <laughs> I do too. I don't know if she liked me much after I lived with her. <laughs> I, I'm probably annoying to live with, but it's funny. I was really appreciative, and she had a little um, cat that was called Hamish. That was a kitten at the time. Yeah. I know Hamish mm-hmm. uh, from social media, but it was a good Hamish conversations. But yeah, yeah, I miss her. She was very kind to do that because you know you live alone intentionally, and they've got some random asshole sitting on your couch for it was like three months but then sean met we met up and had like i got a set up and whatever we lived in chicago and then it was 2009 and then i was like i'm pregnant Ta-da! he's like i can't get a job because it's a recession i can't even get a job at like t-mobile <laughs> cool i'm pregnant <laughs> like, i'm pregnant though it sucked should have wore two condoms i know you guys are in chicago still yep. when you get pregnant Yep, it's true. Um, and actually, it's funny. So I we had been malnourished for so long <laughs> that I like to get really personal, Justin. Yes, please. I just stopped having a period. I was that yeah. skinny. Yeah. I just didn't have... I just was like... Like eating disorder skinny. What? We were hungry. I mean, that's hungry. a side effect of eating disorders. We were hungry. As you stopped, yeah, you stopped having a period. Yeah, we were real hungry. So I was, thought I was living the dream. I was like, sweet great i don't deal with that shit you didn't think it was a great a health issue you had to address i mean i knew i wanted more money so i could stop eating lentils but <laughs> um there was other things too like i also have autoimmune disorder i have celiac but didn't oh, know okay. until much yeah. later but that was a factor too just in terms of general malnourishment and so i um was like surprise i was actually sharing a bottle of wine with Lindsay green and i was like i feel like shit i think i have a disease i think i have crohn's disease i like researched all these like possible early days yeah. WebMD things oh, God, and i was like the worst. i think i have crohn's disease and i'm like telling her all these symptoms she's like i think you should take a pregnancy test and i was like what she's like yeah i think you should and i was like oh I feel a little nauseous i'm not having a period i keep having unprotected sex i don't know <laughs> just like i yeah i thought i was dying and then i at work the next day what she'd said haunted me so much that on my lunch break i went out and bought a pregnancy test and at work took a pregnancy test and i was like god damn (laughs) what on earth and so i was having a baby and i was 10 weeks 12 i was almost done with my first trimester wow i had no idea i was pregnant and i didn't know it (laughs) thought i was dying and I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, we're so fucking poor. I was so freaked out. Sean couldn't find work. He was freelancing, but it was not enough money. We were just like living way close to the line. And like when you're, when you're 
like making like three thousand dollars too much to get food stamps it's a problem yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's really hard and any little thing can throw you like needing new shoes yeah. I mean, we're not fancy people, but it, these things Sometimes are hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was just hard. I was so worried. And yeah, and then, and just worried about money. It was money. It was all money that I was worried I'm about. <laughs> because the reality is, um, because I hadn't had a period in so long, I was actually trying to get healthy. Mm. And I had gone to this like holistic school of medicine. So it was like, this like super cheap like people trying to learn yeah. and they just looked at me like yeah you got to eat more <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was figured like, out your solution i was like oh okay they're like and you got it you should probably eat some red meat and i was like oh wait not we can't afford that they're like you you should though you look peaked <laughs> so i did i started you know like eating more eating better eating a more balanced diet eating all three meals <laughs> and um Lo and behold, before even maybe two months went by, that's math-wise, when yeah. I must have gotten pregnant. <laughs> Didn't know it, but that's <laughs> probably what happened. Anyway, so um, so we wanted, we were in a place where we were, I wanted to get my body healthy enough. Because yeah. I was 27, and I knew that some point in the next five-ish years or something yeah. that we'd want to have a kid. And I was like, I wonder if I can, you know? I wonder if that's possible. And... Um, didn't have insurance at the time that could take me to a fertility specialist. So yeah, you end up at some random holistic doctor, yeah. which whatever worked. So <laughs> eat more. And I did. And yeah. So I, um, we were really scared. We were scared and I felt so sick. And then, but once I told everyone, I was really quite happy. Yeah. And that was like a few weeks later, um, after I kind of came to terms with it and told people and people were so happy for us. Oh, for sure. And I was, like, not expecting that. So, it was you nice. Guys, I mean, you guys have been together for so long at that point. I know. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. How long do you stay in Chicago before you eventually make it back to Michigan? We were we moved to Michigan when our kid was 14 months old. So, just a uh -huh. little over our first birthday. Yeah. Was that what brought you back here? Yes and no. It was money. Okay. Was that's money. what I was going to ask him. I was like, you know, I made a spreadsheet and I was like, I need 30% <laughs> lower cost of living. Yeah. And then I, there was a cup, but I also need public transit. Yeah. I also need like a good arts and culture scene. There was like a couple cities in America that fit the bill. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them happened to be Ann Arbor and I happened to get a job there. I was applying a bunch of places. Sean wanted to stay. Um, <laughs> I want to transition yeah. this and I have to preface this with, yeah. An apology. Because I have a lot of questions that I am sure you have answers to. This is about transgender shit. Yeah. Yes! Um, and... Don't feel don't feel scared. Ask well, no, questions, I, make not, mistakes. It's okay. I just don't want to... I want to make sure you know, and I think you know because you know me, but for anyone listening, I like, this is... If anything, it's coming from a naive yes. aspect. Not, I don't mean to ask any offensive or stupid questions. Um and I don't pretend to be an expert yeah. on everything, just the person that is in my life. And also... But I know you're a responsible enough person to where you probably did a number of oh, research yeah. hours. We're part of like a lot of advocacy groups yeah. and um, had to advocate in serious ways. But don't... like. Please, fuck yeah. up on me, because I'm not a transgender person. <laughs> and I'm the perfect um, person to mess up with. Go, go for it. Go for well, it. Well, no, I... Uh... <laughs> 
I don't know where to begin here. Well, do you want to tell me your story with your child and and yeah, I mean summary summary version. Don't go through all ten years, please. But <laughs> uh, you know, uh, surrounding this subject. Totally. Um, and this is like goes back to our conversation about like, what is my story? What is their story? Yeah. What is Sean's story? Like, there are so many views of the story, but I'll yeah. tell you my version and what yes. happened to me. So I have a transgender non-binary kid. That means that they ident they use they them pronouns. Okay. So you use probably he him. Yeah. I use she her. And that's the non-binary part of that, right? That's what yeah. that means. And non-binary means like different things to different people. Okay. So um, some people, we just came back from a family camp of transgender families. Oh, that's and really cool. It was really amazing. And in our regular lives, we know a lot of other trans kids, but we don't know a lot of trans non-binary kids. So it was really amazing to meet so many other of kids who identify that way. And so many adults who are identifying that way. And um, so like another term you'll hear is like gender queer, yeah. gender non-binary, gender non-conforming. They all mean different things to different people. Yeah. Everybody's going to use that. But basically it's somebody who's like, no. <laughs> Someone who's assigned whatever at birth. You're assigned male at birth. You're assigned female at birth. Yeah. People say um, like he, she, girl, boy. Yeah. And that person says, nope. And, and they say, oh, so you must be a boy then. And they say, nope. Okay. So you're non-binary. You don't believe in the binary. You don't believe there's two options. Yeah. You believe there's a third or a fourth or a fifth or whatever. So that's my understanding of it. Um, for my kid, um, they were assigned female at birth. And I can share that because they are okay with me sharing that. Yeah. Not every trans person is okay with yeah. that. This is like I have a story on that I was going to tell you too. But we'll, uh, yeah. when we get there. <laughs> Raymond is super open about it. Because they transitioned socially last year, and they it's not like we changed schools. Yeah. So, you know, everybody went through that with us, and they got some shitty reactions, and they got some wonderful reactions. And, you know, they're just them, and they've always been that way. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, um, they say non-binary, and to them, right now, that means, um, well, for a long time, we feel the questions about, you know, at age, like, two is like, did you choose me to be a girl? That's okay. what I was asked. And I was like, no, you were a surprise. And you guys, you guys aren't <laughs> general. You guys aren't a religious family, no. right? God, no. Um, well, because in a lot of families, you'd be like, no, God chose you to be. Oh, right. right. God, I never um, thought about that. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, and I'm <laughs> I probably, playing devil's advocate. I like went into like this huge talk with them about well you know what is super weird like everyone starts out as a girl and then if you have a certain hormone wash then yeah. your ovaries descend and become testicles and that's what people <laughs> born boys have yeah. and so i was like no i didn't choose anything like just hormones be hormones and yeah. you didn't get some wash that made your ovaries into testicles yeah whatever so maybe in retrospect every hater that's ever said that i'm indoctrinating my child like Maybe that's indoctrinating my child. But that is kind of how I answered that question. Yeah. And um, of, like, did you choose me to be a girl? No, I told them science. <laughs> so yeah. um, so we asked, and they were always really irate at things, like the color pink. And it wasn't that they didn't like the color pink. Yeah. It was the assumption that they would like the color pink. Yeah. 
Frozen was real big. There's nothing that my kid hated more than Frozen. <laughs> and it was because people... She's very non-conforming. Yeah. Like her parents, I might add. They, like, freaked out. Yeah. Because people thought, oh, you're going to like this. Let it go. And she, they they would be like, "I no, fuck you, no. Really irate. And Raymond had a lot of, like, um, we, we were struggling with big emotions and to the point where they would be like Raymond feels their feelings so much that it would be overwhelming for them and we didn't know what it was and I guess in hindsight I'm like how was I so dumb because at the same time we're getting all this resistance to like female gender performance or stereotypical female gender performance and then also just fielding these really deep questions and also fielding questions like early, I don't want to say like sexuality questions, because, yeah. but like, you know, um, can I marry my best friend, Cora? Yeah. Like, sure, yeah. yeah. I like that kid. She's awesome. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you're three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm indoctrinating my child. No, <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Do whatever you're going to do. So, yeah, I I guess we just had been feeling a lot of these, and it was, you know, mostly, did you choose me to be a girl? Will I ever stop being a girl? Will I grow boobs? Well, you're my child. Hardly. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry about it. So, yeah, I don't know. It was like a weird, um, yeah, it was weird. We fielded that a lot, and they were dealing with all these really huge feelings, so... We would go to, like, family therapy and talk about, like, how do you manage? Because, like, we're looking around. I'm like, I don't see any other kids spiraling like this kid. And they really would spiral down. And it was, like, sucking them out of a black hole at bedtime sometimes with these swirling scenarios. Just childhood depression is something I I didn't experience. And I feel really lucky I didn't. And it was hard to parent through. It was actually really horrible. Yeah, I can imagine. So, um... So we would try that, try this stuff, and it would work to varying degrees. It gave Sean and I some, like, real skills to, like, parent a child who was very different from me. Sean had much more identifying, strong identifying feelings with it and was, like, felt a little more understanding or firsthand experience with with childhood depression than I didn't have any. As weird as my childhood was, I was always, like, embracing some, like, weird tenacious optimism yeah this will be funny i don't know we'll make a good story one day (laughs) but um raymond didn't feel that way i don't think then about two years ago now i had a colleague at work who came out as non-binary and i work in an academic setting and i'm in charge of um our style guide for editorial stuff And so it was really important that we start thinking about this. And I'd just been on the job for a little, enough to realize what we had and what we didn't have. And I'm like, we don't have any sort of protocol for this in our style guide. And I want to make sure any freelancer going out to do interviews or conduct this is like, is respectful and educated about pronouns. So I start, you know, at the dinner table, when you're an only child, you like get roped in like a roommate to like adult conversations (laughs) and so we're at the dinner table sean and i are looking at the style guide and being like how can i incorporate respectfully like pronoun usage and do you 
ask about pronouns? Don't you? Is it insensitive? Yeah. Is it Which is still respectful? Like a buzz question. It really is. <laughs> yeah. And different people tell you different things. Um, and I think just, wow, there's a pluralistic views. <laughs> I mean, it feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it, it's based on the individual. Yeah. And so as the individual, I think you have to be... A, somewhat tolerant of people asking certain questions to figure out what you're comfortable with because yeah. if they're asking that i feel like it's coming from a place of sensitivity totally um but a lot of people can get offended right off the bat if you right ask the wrong question or feel like totally outed like if it's a group setting and yeah. you're making everybody introduce their pronouns yeah. i'm still torn of that whether that's a a, a good exercise or not yeah. I think some people might feel outed if they're trying to be stealth about it. Yeah. And some people might feel like, oh, I'm not passing, I guess. Or, I don't well, and, know. and I know it's not, not like it's not necessarily sexual, but I do think that is on par with like if you were to have a group setting, you're like, all right, uh, gays, got any gays here? Raise your I, hands. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. It is weird. Um, I, I do. Th yes. It's like an automatic like labeling. Yeah. I don't know. So I was trying to negotiate all this and be like, what's ethical? What's like going to help my team be respectful and educated when we go out and talk to people yeah. as like as the team responsible for like gathering stories about the school, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So um, Raymond was just sitting there like at the dinner table. Sean and I are talking about like a style guide. And Raymond's like, what's non-binary? It's like, well, this person at work, um, I used to know them as a she. But now they want to be known as they, them. They don't feel that they are a girl, but they don't necessarily feel like they're a boy either. And your kid loved that, I imagine. Oh, my <laughs> God. I've never seen them more, like, I've never seen a light bulb moment in yeah. real life, I think. <laughs> they got so pumped. They're like, that's me. That's me. And then they're like, that's why I have a long side, short side. And they always had a bob. They always had a long hair. But I don't think it ever occurred to me to cut it all off because, I don't know, you think you have this, I don't know, gendered performance, whatever. You've had some traumatic childhood memories of having your short hair. I think that's it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And they never specifically asked for it. But the minute we, you know, they'd get, they got this pop, they walked into the bathroom, grabbed scissors and cut half it off. And they just rocked that style, asymmetrical bob, before it was I a think thing. there was a picture of that on Facebook. Yeah. They had that <laughs> hair for a long time. Like, that's why I have long side, short side. I was like, oh. Like, because I'm part boy, part girl. And I was like, at the time, was still really new to the whole concept. Mm. And I will own up to this totally because it's a learning curve for everybody. And if anybody has but transgender parents, kid, I imagine, yeah. It's... it's totally normal to go through so many feelings that... You can never share with your child. <laughs> so Raymond can never listen to this. But um, I had the first reaction was, this is internalized misogyny. Like something about our culture is so hating on females. And it was, right? We had a president who was grabbing people by the pussy. We had just like a total... Uh, shit show of yeah. what it means to move through america as female yeah and i thought and it, like has been that way for a long time and it, but it was out in the public oh my God. eye and it was like we the me too movement was starting and elephant was in the room and we yeah. applauded i mean it 
was hard. And I thought, we have brought a child into the world at a time when culture is like so against women that if you are born female, you don't want any part of that. And I thought that for a while. And I didn't say anything because I knew it wasn't the thing you're supposed to say. And it took a lot of reading, honestly, if anyone needs a good book on like gender conversation. Um, there's one called Gender Your Guide by Dr. Lee Ayrton. That's really good. Okay. Was the most helpful because a lot of them are like telling some like trans, they open with like a transgender teen suicide note or something. It's like, not ready. Oh my God. <laughs> like stop playing out like worst case scenarios. Yeah. Um, anyway, it took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around it. Not for my colleague. For my colleague, it's like, whatever, great. All right, let's get to work. But when it's your kid, I was suddenly like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, what happened? And then did I, did I do something <laughs> wrong? Or yeah. do, is there something about, am I so, I don't know. So I just kind of couldn't really think about it, but it took a while. And it took, it took actually hearing Raymond say to a grandparent who was like trying to convince them that they were not, that they were just a tomboy. Yeah. And Raymond was like, no, because a tomboy is a girl. I'm just not a girl. And I was like, oh, right. Like you can't, cause I, my first instinct is like, as a woman, you can be anything. Yeah. You can do whatever you perform that gender, however you feel like yeah. whatever you want to do. Like, so it was sort of, realizing like right but you're not you're something else you're something else um so it took a it took a while to get there and i that was like just private right like in for them it was like how are you feeling about your how are you feeling about how about oh well i will say when they first heard about non-binary for the first year they first heard about that's me and we're like just sean god love him without skipping a beat all right should we use those as your pronouns now just that was his answer yeah. and i was like um they're like not yet i'll let you know um, i was like okay a responsible answer <laughs> yeah i'll let you know and um, but in the meantime they really didn't like when people say like oh here's the birthday girl yeah. they would say things like i'm not a girl and the grandparents of course we hadn't had this conversation and yeah. all this stuff and so they were like yes you are and then we just see them like sulk and like retreat and, and remove themselves from the situation. And we just thought it's like part of that whole like big emotions working through them. We had all these coping techniques to help them through those things, yeah. but we weren't quite aware of the trigger because we just weren't there yet. And um, so then right before school started last year, we we're like literally Labor Day weekend, like this time, actually like it was really this time last yeah. year. It was, it was like a year ago today. No kidding. That's crazy. We were on an airplane back from a wedding. And uh, I was filling out the teacher notes stuff. Like, yeah, fill out, like, my kid has dietary restrictions. <laughs> my kid can't have peanuts. Yes. <laughs> you have to fill that form out. <laughs> and I was like, is there anything you want Miss Bertelson to know? And Raven was like, yeah, um, that my pronouns are they, them, and I'm ready to tell everyone now. And I was like, oh. Wow. Okay. And we got home. And how old at this point? We were going into fourth grade. Wow. Yeah, this is a nine-year-old. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay. And we got home, and they went to their closet, and they made a big pile. And they're like, oh, and I will say, at the wedding, they acted like a little shithead. And it <laughs> turns out, 
later, the reason why is I packed what I thought was just a wedding outfit. It was a dress. Oh, yeah. It was a skirt and a shirt. And I was like, whatever, whatever. It's your nice, the one nice thing. Because, like, they had also, well, they'd worn skirts and dresses and stuff, but they always like, intentionally spilled paint on them or, like, rolled around in mud. Always had, like, burrs in their hair. And, like, they're very, like, you know, they wear, they, they like, perform both genders, honestly. Yeah. Um, but in their own way. And this was an outfit I picked out, and it was definitely, like, it was a skirt. And um, they were so antisocial and hated that wedding. And I was like, what on earth? Like, stop embarrassing me. <laughs> but I think they were just traumatized. An adorable child, be adorable. I know. <laughs> stop scowling in all the pictures. <laughs> Smile. I know. I feel bad. But that was why. They were having a breakthrough moment. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, then, then right the day before school, I was like, oh, my God, we got to go target they went to the boys section all new clothes whole new wardrobe whole new everything um had like the teacher was like so excited because she was like i just had a training on this <laughs> so she was like ready to go and meanwhile it's either this or an active shooter i'm glad it I went know. this way <laughs> i know teacher training suck nowadays are so strange it's so weird uh-huh. so sean and i were a little we were all for it you know sean had a few colleagues who come out as non-binary in the comics world, there are yeah. like a fair number of transgender people. Um, so he was like ready with the language. I was getting there with the language, but still struggling with that. Like, in, is this internalized misogyny? Blah. Um, which it's not. I know that now, but I didn't know that then. So then, um, so yeah, we just did it. I pretended that I wasn't thinking that. And I was like, all right, we're here. We're target. Da-da, whatever you want. Put in the car. I don't care. Do whatever. You be you, kid. Do it. Let's do it. And then they went to school and told everyone. And some kids were like, you're a girl. And they were like, I am not. I'm actually non-binary. But they're nine. They're nine-year-olds. Yeah. So everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? And Raymond's like, that is not. No. <laughs> there are not two options. You can actually decide. <laughs> like. Yeah. I've always known that's not true, right? Like, they knew themselves. And you know what? Ever since they came out, those symptoms of childhood depression have vanished. That's those, amazing. like, it, social anxieties have vanished. There are more people that that do, like, question calling to them than ever. Yeah. And they're happier than ever, you know? Their identity is called into question on a probably daily basis in ways I don't even know about. And I see the ways that I know about. So I know it's at least daily. And they don't give a fuck. They're happier. They're more there. And they're more willing to be themselves with people. Because they really are one of those people that we're talking about quiet people. Yeah. They're pretty quiet to most people. Not necessarily the most trusting person on earth. Um, but once you get to know them, like super creative, funny, fun. And they're that way outwardly more and more. Which is great. So yeah. They've been out for a year. They buzzed off all their hair, like, maybe January. And I got to tell you, that was, like, weird for me. Because I was, like, suddenly the world saw them as a little dude. Yeah. Before, no one really knew. I don't know why. Because they were wearing little dude clothes, and they had this, I don't know, Santa Arbor, there's a lot of long-haired boys. But when they had that buzz cut, they look like a little dude. 
And I was just like, oh, weird. But they also look like and act like and move like an effeminate little boy. Yeah. And, like, having friends who were are, are more effeminate males, I... S- Sport, I worried about them. I was like, is this safe for you? Yeah. You're like entering toxic masculinity in a, in a, from a new angle that I, I only know as a friend yeah. to others. I have not experienced. I can teach you how to like, I don't know, live in like toxic masculinity as a female, but I don't know. This is a whole new terrain. So... It was that, and there has been, they since then have, um, they're really a whole host of gender expression. They wear, for now, like if we were to go to a dress-up event, it would not be a skirt and a shirt. It would be like a full-piece suit and lipstick. It's very Boy George. Very, like, full face of makeup and, like, boy, boy clothes. So they describe themselves as a gender swirl. They're a swirl of boy and girl. They're neither and both. That's interesting. It is. <laughs> so anyway, that is... Oh, we did a legal name change this um, summer, which was a big and very... Oh, they decided their name in a car ride after a Girl Scouts meeting, of all things, where they had been chronically misgendered. And then um, we were driving home and they were like, I thought of my new name, which they had been thinking about the whole year. Oh, at one point, they were going to be called Moose. And I was like, please, God, no. I was like, why don't you just take some time to think about it? <laughs> you have time. I thought a long time about your name. <laughs> please don't be Moose. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just busted out in the car. Like, I think I'm going to have Raymond as my new name. And I was like, oh, okay. What made you think of that? I was just thinking of all the letters in the alphabet. And I thought just Raymond. love that show. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. It's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> hate Ray Romano. Why do you do that? <laughs> so I was like, that's fine. Do you want me to start using that now and tell people, help you tell your teacher? No, let me think about it. And I was like, okay. So we did. And then at the end of that week, I get an email from the teacher that was like, so today in class, we use, when we say the dead name, the yeah. old name, we say met meh. Per Raymond's request, okay. they're like because they do not like hearing the dead name. It spirals them. They is don't that, like it. Is that hurtful at all to you? Because you guys came I, up with that name. It was. Yeah. It was. But I'm over it. Yeah. Now it's weird to look at this person and be like, "That's a weird name for you." Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> and would be just super weird. It's just weird. It doesn't fit anymore at all. So what did the teacher say? Um, I got this email. The teacher's like, "Mit mit." In a conversation about what did you do this weekend, Mitmet went to the board and wrote, which none of the kids I think were going to the board and writing anything. So <laughs> Mitmet went to the board and wrote, I changed my name to Ramon. And the teacher was like, is there an update you want to talk about? And I was like, Raymond, did you tell like your teacher? Well, I said met me because we didn't know yet that yeah. that was the new name. Did you tell your class that you changed your name on the weekend? Yeah. Oh, when did that happen? Like Wednesday. Wait, do you want me in debt to like call you your new name? Yeah. They're like, 
Yeah. I'm like, you have to tell us. And is it Ramon? And yeah, and I was like, is it Ramon? They're like, no, it's Raymond. And I was like, oh my God, you don't know how to spell your name. <laughs> so Perfect. we like practice spelling the name. We practice like a new signature and, and I don't know. It was kind of crazy. We had a whole family thing where we were all like making signs for each other because they don't like necessarily be... They want, it was hard for them to think about it as a new thing, Yeah, I think. And so we had to kind of come at it from a weird other angle and um, be like, well, let's make signs for each other. But we were essentially practicing. How do you spell your name? How do you sign your name? All that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I was like, emailed back to the teacher. Ah, apparently this is happening. Uh, Raymond is Raymond. We had to write this whole email, which we had already written an email to family that was like, okay, here's some new things for you to start to learn. Please don't come at us with your emotional baggage. There are therapists for that. We are dealing with our own. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then we had to do another one about the name. And then we had to do another one about the legal name. Because I was like, well, if you guys got wills and shit that you want to have some grandchild love in, like, Mitman is not a legal record of that person anymore it's got to update so that is completely gone not yeah. kept as a middle name or anything they kept their middle name okay yeah they did they did which is sweet because my grandpa came up with it so That's i like it nice. yeah. i think they knew that was kind of a a sweet thing and i like it too because it is a boy's name and a girl's name <laughs> it's a swirl <laughs> that worked out. yeah 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 That's... that i guess is that and you know the weird thing i know this is like a dumb thing or a trite thing as like a big thing that happened this year super positive in terms of like they are happy and comfortable yeah. they had all these physical ticks that we were always working on that to me were like red in my worst case scenario mind is like are these like precursors to self-harm they would be like just shoving their nails into their palms until it would bleed and mm. keeping sharp things in their pockets to grab and i was like scared for them and like using pain to control emotions yeah i was yeah. really scared for them and like that is all but disappeared it is like it is like this whole person who's finally comfortable so it's a big thing that happened this year and as a parent just like it feels like as many things as I had to reconcile with culturally yeah. and as many family members that I don't talk to anymore. Good. Fine. Great. Fuck you. I don't care. Get out of here. <laughs> it's yeah. like, fine. Great. One less person. That's fine. Um, it is like the least interesting thing about Raymond as a person. Yeah. Maybe the most interesting thing about them is that they are so articulate and in touch with who they are at such an early age. And I don't know. They're just a really thoughtful, insightful, really responsible person. They're an interesting Very person. Very much yours and Sean's child. <laughs> yeah, they're like totally cool kid. And they are also transgender. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that has been a big thing that we did as a family this year. And I guess Huge. the year before, and I guess their whole life, yeah. but we didn't know we were doing it. Yeah. And then finally we're like, oh, thank you know, they're happy and not trying to physically crawl out of their skin all the time, which yeah. is how it was, how it read on the outside. I don't know what that was like to be in that body, but yeah. We never will. 
Never yeah, will. That's, that's, I know. That's how that works. The <laughs> weird thing is, like, hearing, like, genderqueer people's stories, um, they're so varied and everyone's is different. There's a lot of people who um, discover a non-binary path because they try to be one or another. You know, they know that they're not their gender assigned at birth, and then they try to transition to another gender, and that's not quite right, yeah. and so they might reel it back. Or in their transition process, as they're thinking it through, they think... Oh, I don't quite want that, but I do want this, and sort of find that middle ground. These are just the stories I've heard. Yeah. Um, for Raymond, it was just like the mere fact of someone else going there first and them hearing about it. And I like love that this colleague came out and gave us an opportunity to talk about that at the dinner table. Yeah. Like all these people that did it first. And you're just yeah. like, damn. What working model did you have? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it was crazy. And at this camp we went to, a family camp, there's all these younger um, kids. I mean, it was it was for kids. It was for yeah. families. It was for kids. And I think they all do benefit from that working model. It's a new, it's going to be a new society. And because people are brave enough to just be themselves, and that gives younger people an opportunity yeah. to even know what the hell that is. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that is a pretty remarkable story. That's the story. So, I guess my questions. Um, but I don't know. I'm not an expert. No, I don't I know, know like all the non-binary people. For all the non-binary people out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just say I. Once again, I, I hope I come from a place of yeah. pure curiosity and fear. Yeah. Um. But there's so many questions that that go through my mind, and you posted very publicly about the name change. Um, yeah. And I, so I stream of questions and not being a parent, I make obviously like a bunch of assumptions. Like my relationship to a parent is like, I had a cat that <laughs> like, it sounds so stupid, but I will say like the, the like putting the cat down after 14 years. That like, is actually um, horrible. Worst experience of my life. I called yeah. my mom, which she still brings up and I hate, but uh, when he had to, ha he had to have six inches of his tail every day. <laughs> And I called my mom because I had to like hold him down and stuff while they gave me anesthetic and everything. Ooh. And I was, I was, I was a mess. And I called my mom and I was like, this is what it's like to be a parent. She brings it up all the time. Um, <laughs> but it's like yes. having to like. There are those horrible moments. Yeah, that's, that's weird. I don't know where I was going with that. But I was pretty much making the point that I have no basis of comparison for parents. Um, but. So. I'm trying to preface this in a way that I don't sound like a complete oh, fucking asshole. You um, don't. You're not. Oh, I don't I think that about you. <laughs> um, By the way. But I imagine as as parents. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to start sounding like I have no idea. Go what I'm for it. About. But I imagine as parents, it's a. Uh, there's certain things that. You're, I mean, concerned with, and in, in, in honoring, your child's wishes, like in some of the ways that you did. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned you also set them up for more struggles in the future? Because, like, when I look at, like, the name change, for instance, my concern would be, we've set this in stone, so if you, like, decide something later, sorry, like, because you fought for this, and now you're going to have to fight harder to change this if you When you were to. nine. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and I, I mean, this is... <laughs> I can't think of a better way to phrase this, and it sounds like a super shitty thing to say, but I think oh. you'll get it if I put it this way. And I keep thinking of the fucking movie Big Daddy. 
Um, Because I'm just like, what if your kid was like, I want to be Frankenstein. Right. And you said, what was the name before? Moose. Moose. Oh my God. I have to ask then, would you... Like, would you cha- legally change your child's name to Moose? Or would you be like, we'll call you Moose? I would say... But, like, on documents that <laughs> involve you with... Yeah. Um, well, you never know what you would or wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. I'd mentioned that we were in therapy with our kid starting in kindergarten. Yeah. And... Um, and on and off throughout until third grade. And then we kind of had a managed on it. But the risks to me, the future I saw for them as a non-affirmed person yeah. were more terrifying. This thing you mentioned about like suicide yeah. rates amongst LGBTQ plus teenagers, it is of those with unaffirming family members and that is it's huge i mean it is so sad it's like you teach your kid unconditional love and then you don't do it i think it's so horrifying i can't handle that this is the experience of so many kids or so many homeless kids are just gay kids yeah the fuck it's just it spiral i go into spiral when i think about it. it's too it's, crazy it's yeah it's, it's but super fucked up when i think of, when i thought about that and when i saw the difference in my kid when they were affirmed when mm. the correct pronouns were being used and when their name was being respected the difference was night and day the self-harming tendencies vanished yeah. we did not spiral at bedtime or any other time we had big feelings and could actually work through them because they weren't about that plus something else undefined or yeah. unmentionable. They were about probably just an everyday thing. Ah, kid was shitty on the playground. I lost my favorite toy. Something broke. Whatever. Normal shit. Yeah. It wasn't that plus every other atrocity of being misgendered that had happened over the course of your life, your day, your yeah. whatever. So I guess... Um, my response to like it's a safety question to keep them the world is shitty if you are assigned female at birth and you grow up female you are also at risk of a shitty life where you are more than likely going to be sexually assaulted that or an attempt or multiple attempts Justin, I've been almost tried to shove someone people have tried to shove me in a car twice in my life just trying to come to and from work fucked up it's fucked up being female in the world is is a risk (laughs) so yeah i know way more females that have been sexually assaulted in some form than haven't and it's everybody the most fucked up thing in the world and just like the day uh, yeah i mean it's a um it's fucked up so i thought okay you're going to experience toxic masculinity whether you are trans or whether you're female (laughs) So, so, okay. So there's that. So, so you're just going through like the logical so reasons. Either way, so, so let's find the way. happiest way for you. So let's find the way that we're not doing the fucking up of you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that, how are we supporting you in your mental health, in your well-being, and yeah. in getting to, you know, live in your own skin in a way that doesn't literally make you want to kill yourself. 
And that's an easy answer. Affirm them. Whatever they need. You want a new wardrobe? No problem. You want a new name? Whatever. You want to buzz your hair off? Fine. You want to tell everyone your pronouns are different? I don't care. You got to explain to grandpa what a pronoun is? Good. That's fine. <laughs> Let's do all those things. Um, cause, and it just makes it easier. It makes it easier when you think, well, the, the enemy is not transgender people. The yeah. enemy is toxic masculinity. And so support transgender people. Fight toxic masculinity. Not men. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Men are great. Yeah. You know? It's just, there's a culture around some I've been fighting it for weird years. things. <laughs> yeah. My brother got all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think, but I do. This safety thing, to me, the biggest thing I think I mentioned before is, like, that they present, in my view, which I don't know if is intentional or what, they're still figuring it out and will for years yeah. to come, right? But they present very much like an effeminate boy. And I, I worry about that. Yeah. I think it's easier to present as a masculine girl in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I've never presented that way. No. Well, not, not on purpose. But like, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and people can make the same argument. Um, and I'm arguing with myself here, but that anybody regardless of sexuality or gender yeah like all of that aside you still have a billion risk risk factors yeah. um growing up like i'm i'm a proponent of like possibly raising the drinking age to 25 when your brain is actually psychologically fully developed and like stuff like that yeah, yeah and i appreciate you answering things i just and I, I was getting like shaky. I hate offending people, oh, and no. it's such like a sensitive subject. Um, oh my god! And I think that's uh, well. I th Not going to offend me. I've heard yeah, so many and reactions. I, I appreciate this. that, <laughs> but I, I think that's this is also a good opportunity to point out that um, if worded correctly in the right environment, people can ask questions. Yeah. Because uh, I think I mentioned this on here before, and it's, it should be common knowledge, but isn't. But that. Not knowing creates fear, which creates ignorance, which creates mm -hmm. uh, racism and bigotry and um, asking questions that are uncomfortable or are hard, I think is important. And I'm trying to do that more. And it's, it's difficult, I think, with our generation because there's a level where you want to be more sensitive. Um, like you think of kids coming out as gay our age compared to like our parents and and our kids now mm -hmm. um it's worlds different oh my god yeah. of of just like understanding and and mm -hmm. openness and acceptance and it's uh there's still stuff that i i mean i don't understand and people of our generation don't understand but we're trying to be <laughs> sensitive yeah. and open to it and we won't unless we ask questions and sometimes those questions sound naive and stupid and i really don't want to come off that way but no. um you don't. And I signed up for this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, and in part, it's that, right? Yeah. Because the internet is filled with the answers the to our questions, <laughs> right? You can basically find any answer you want. Yeah. But um, I think that I'm really thankful to have a kid who is, like, open about it. Um, and it was like, I asked, I'm like, so are you comfortable if I talk about my experience as a parent? through this past year um 
helping your community understand what non-binary means. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. And I'm like, are you uncomfortable when people know you were assigned female at birth? Because some non-binary people are. Yeah. They don't want anyone to know what they were assigned at birth. Some, a lot of trans people are just as a sensitive topic. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's not like anybody doesn't know. Yeah. And I think that's one internet era. You know, it's a girl. Like now, like you and everyone you went to middle school with knows. <laughs> the cupcake frosting is, is pink. <laughs> Whatever. And um, <laughs> also, like, they transitioned in fourth grade. Like, they'd been at that school, and yeah. all of a sudden, I was like, okay. And they changed their name in the middle of school year by writing it on the chalkboard. Damn. Can you imagine? I imagine it's probably a dry erase board, but... Uh. True story. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's remarkable, and... and uh, Raymond's so lucky to have you guys as parents. Uh, thanks. Well, yeah. I think so too. I, mean, I think I think <laughs> it's just I think it's so fitting for what I know about you guys. Like this is, uh, I can't imagine the journey that it has been so far and what it will be in the future. But totally, I think it's a. It's it's so it's obviously your kid. This one <laughs> has actually been like way more easier to navigate than some of the childhood depression oh, yeah, that's slash like yeah big emotion dealing with yeah. we just were like not sure like i do fine when i know what something is or what the yeah. causation is but it's like we couldn't quite figure that out and it was it's just like a relief i yeah. guess um well you mentioned uh i want to make sure and i'll type up stuff later yeah yeah because um, i don't expect you to be a <laughs> buzzword for everything i'm gonna ask yeah. you but you mentioned a book earlier yes um, what is that called again it's called um oh shit oh see it's dr lee Ayrton, okay. and it's oh gender your guide gender okay. colon your guide yeah and um in it uh they talk about just the new gender conversation that incorporates non-binary and then there's also these neo pronouns like you might have heard like zazer or um yeah there's a whole other list of questions like i i was yeah. i was on board and following through lgbtq and then like the, the q plus. fell off <laughs> it's like uh-oh <laughs> i don't know what's happening now i know I remember when we were coming up, when people would come out as bi, it was always like, oh, because you're afraid to come out as gay. Yeah. It's like, that's how, that's where we, I think our generation came from, which is a good place yeah. to start, right? Like, <laughs> But then when it's that LGBTQ plus, and you're like, what's the plus? And then have you looked yeah. at the chart of flags lately? Oh, no. There's like a lot of flags. Can't we just stick with the rainbow to represent everything? There's like, <laughs> like everyone got a flag. I'm like, fine with it flags are cool people like designing i'm i'm into it yeah. make a flag i have i want a flag everybody gets a flag <laughs> it's fine you get a flag you it's just fine whatever i'm just trying to roll with it and know that it like will change and continue to change yeah. and you asked about the name like what if it what if they want to change and it's set in stone yeah then they'll change it yeah like we know how to change it now that took some <laughs> researching um then we'll change it so what so they want to go back so they decide to not go on hormones and they get their grandma's chest instead of my family's chest <laughs> and they go to a job interview and as Raymond and it's real confusing and they decide that's weird and they don't like Ray or what well, I don't know yeah. they want to change it whatever fine I can help you change it yeah do whatever you're gonna do I don't care as long as you're supporting it was hard for them to encounter the old name because it came up in the context of already stressful situations like yeah. airports 
and emergency rooms and standardized tests. And so even though it's used socially, their name um, was used socially everywhere else, yeah. like karate and school and friends and parents and family. Yeah. Um, it's like in your most vulnerable moment, like I jam my thumb sledding and then you're getting misgendered and misnamed and you're just like yeah. spiral. And it wasn't worth it. We're just like, just change it. Cause it's like, yeah. and some people have preferred name, but they use it intermittently. And then in an ER setting, no one got time for that. So <laughs> just like, get it out of here. It's yeah. stupid. So answer, if it was moose, God, I'm so glad it's not. I don't know. <laughs> and then if they want to change it, cool. I'm glad they'll change it. I can help them change it. Yeah. It's not that bad. Do you have any other um, recommendations for resources for either parents or transgender yes. people themselves? This is the best thing that parents can do. And it's, it's just any parent. You don't have to have a trans kid. Yeah. You... It's better if you don't. Just everybody. For your kids, all people, for all kids, it's called amaze.org. And it is um, really kind of like a health resource for tweens and teens. And it has these like really cool animated kind of stories, but it's really inclusive. And it has um, trans stories and um, health from all angles, mental health um, physical health, sexual health, and then also they have a really robust um, library of trans transgender resources and stories to help talk about it with your kids. And when parents talk about it with their kids, yeah. kids are not little assholes on the playground. Yeah. <laughs> and we have seen that. We sent out a letter to all the fourth grade parents and it had, here's our story. Please yeah. talk about your child. And we know which parents watched amaze.org with their children and which ones were hauled into the principal's office who took this very seriously and was awesome for bullying because their parents didn't talk to them about it. They weren't yeah. trying to bully my kid by insisting they were a girl, but yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And so if you don't, if you're a parent of a kid and you don't talk to your kids about inclusive um, behaviors yeah. and um, how can you respect people's pronouns and what that is, if you don't teach them that, they will learn it in a punitive way. And I worry about that because then that gives them a bad attitude about yeah. it and they become shitty white nationalists and they join <laughs> like the men's rights movement and everything is bad. Yeah. So talk to your kids early so they don't turn out to be real assholes. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think that's the perfect thing to, <laughs> to close this on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, unless there's anything else you wanted to no. talk about, I mean, that's... Uh, that's it. Yeah. Well, don't you. let your kids be assholes. Don't let your kids be assholes. Should be part of the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing everything um, with me. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. It was I'm fun. I'm so glad I got to see you. I know. It was fun. All right. You just listened to episode nine with Truly. Uh, I hope you guys loved that. Did you love it? I had so much fun talking with her and... I didn't even know like all the stuff that she had gone through after high school and moving all over the place, Chicago and Scotland and New York, and then being like super poor and malnourished. And I think that's like, that's, that's probably a reality for a lot of people in Chicago and New York. 
and and I'm really happy she got to share that. I'm even more excited about that last half um, where we get to talk about her um, child Raymond. Um, they are awesome. I got to meet them, and it was a pleasure. And I'm so excited that we got to talk about this because there's so much out there that needs to be addressed and talked about. And I think creating a safe space for that conversation is really important. And she offered up a couple different resources there that you can reach out and find out more. And I hope you guys do. And if you're a parent, whether you have a transgender or binary or both or anybody, uh, I still think you should reach out and get some information so you can make sure that as we ended on your kid's not an asshole because who wants that uh so thank you guys so much you can follow us on instagram and facebook at friend request pod or twitter friend request jl please 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 leave uh leave me a review on on either apple or spotify or um or wherever you listen to podcasts uh, leave us a review leave me a review i just need to know uh what everybody thinks and it helps the numbers and the ratings and everything. So thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to next week. And if you're binging and you're about to hear my voice again, then let's start that episode in three, two, one.